Welcome to the weekly podcast of Grace Valley Church. We're thrilled to have you join us. Our goal is to guide individuals towards Jesus and help them fulfill their divine destiny. Our hope is that you'll experience a renewed encounter with God today. For additional information about our church, please visit mygracevalley.com. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's message talking a little bit about uh, Acts 20. We're going to continue the conversation starting in verse 7. But the title of my message today uh, is this from this passage, God brings dead things back to life again. We serve a God who breathes life into those things that are dead. He, he is a God who brings life and draws hope and life. There, there is no better assurance that we can put our feet on. Blessed assurance. Aren't you glad Jesus is mine? Today, as we take a look at this verse, we're going to see a very unique story about a young man. God brings dead things back to life again, who uh, was, was listening to a story, and he fell out of a window, and he lost his... Come on, can you be honest with me? How many of you have ever fallen asleep in church? Oh, you can raise your hand. You know you have. Don't you lie. We've all done it, right? Maybe, maybe in a meeting. Uh, I don't know about you. I have fallen asleep while I was praying. That's a really big nod over there, Miss Tony Lee. There is a, a thing, uh, and, and I, I'm, come on, I, and I have definitely fallen asleep when somebody else was praying. We have those moments where we, we nod off and we fall asleep. And uh, there's a story. I was not there, but I heard the story. It, it, was, it, it was awesome. At Bible college, I went to North Central University. And, and in one of the classes, the professor always had a student close the class in prayer. And that student would stand up and then say, prayer over the class as they left. And there was this one dude who just seemed to always fall asleep. That was his class that he just fell asleep in. And he nodded off and his friend thought, you know what? I'm going to pull a prank on him today. And in the middle of the class, in the middle of the lecture, he nudged his friend and woke him up and said, the professor just called on you to close the class in prayer. And in the middle of his lecture, he stood up and started praying and closing the class. Everyone was like, what is he doing? They all stopped. The teacher stopped. The professor stopped. They all bowed their heads, closed the class in prayer. Come on, that's awesome. (laughs) Do not fall asleep on me today. No, I'm just kidding. It's funny though, can you imagine this poor young man, we'll get to the verses in a few moments, but this poor young man falls asleep and his story is written in the Bible. How would you like your falling asleep story to be generational? Everybody hears it and reads it and knows about it. 
crazy. They say back in the day, the Puritans, when they were preaching, and they would preach for two to three hours, they would have someone walking around the back of the room with a large pole, and there was a string with a ball attached to it. And if someone was nodding, they would reach over and hit them. How many of you would sign up to be in that ministry? Let me walk around, pastor. I'll wake them up. Let me do it. They would walk around and hit them in the head and, and make sure that they were awake. I can't even imagine what, what that must have been like. But hey, after two to three hours, man, I'd just be like duck and cover. Here we go. We see here that uh, in this story, Paul is preaching. He preaches a long time into the midnight hour, and this poor young man falls asleep. Let's pick up the story in verse Verse 7 says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to, to depart the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. I think there's a theme. So we know he talked a long time. He talked into the midnight hour. Now he talks still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. What a tragedy that, that took place in this house. Uh, first story, second story, third story, filled with people. Young man finds a great place to sit in the windowsill. And as it's taking place, it all of a sudden happens and he falls asleep and he falls out of the window. But Paul, in verse 10, went down and bent over him. And taking him in his arms said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. I, th I think that's on the slide there, Tyler. If you can put that up, that'd be great. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. It's there. All of a sudden, he comes down, this happens, everyone's like, what's going on? And Paul comes and literally prays, raises Eutychus from the dead. That's an incredible moment. We see a number of these moments throughout the scripture. Uh, and, and, you know, talking about long-winded preachers, I'm sure Paul, he had a lot to say. And he was talking and sharing and they were eating it up. And, and what's, what's really powerful is, and we'll see in a few moments, here's what happens. He prays for him. And he fall, well, he falls out of the window, he dies. He goes and he prays for him. He's raised from the dead. I want you to know that if, if, if that had happened, and then they prayed for him and he's raised from the dead. How many of you know there would have been a, there would have been a celebration moment, right? And that probably would have been the end of the service. I mean, come on. I mean, you got to end with that, right? A resurrection from the dead. What? That's incredible. That's not what they did. You know what they did? They ate and he preached 
some more. Giddy up. Let's go. George Whitfield, great 18th century preacher, said this. To preach more than a half an hour, a man should be an angel himself or have angels for hearers. Oh, don't say a thing. <laughs> That's incredible. Because, you know, we only have so much capacity to, to, to grab a hold of what is given us or what is talked about. And I want you to know that some of the things that we encounter in this story are powerful. They, they, they can inspire us today. I pray that as we walk away on this Memorial Day weekend that we will remember we can speak the name of Jesus over our situation and our God breathes life into anything that may be dead. Apply that to your own thinking, to your own heart, to your own life. God breathes life into the things that you thought were dead. Something that I see here in Eutychus is he was in the right place, but he fell asleep. He was in the moment. Paul was preaching. There was an incredible thing happening, but he, he nodded off. I want you to see this. You can be in the right place with the wrong disposition and you will still get something valuable out of it. You will still get something good out of it. Right place, wrong heart. Right place, wrong disposition. Right place, you got a little bit of grudge that's living in you, something that's not quite there and I want you to know that if you are in the right place even in the wrong disposition you will get something out of it so let's take that and let's apply that to us today even if you go to church and not off even if you go to church and not off you are still going to get something it could even be a resurrection moment isn't that great? How many of you would like a resurrection moment today in your life? Maybe you have a place in your heart that needs a resurrection moment. Maybe there are areas of your life and you say, you know what, God, here I am today. Would you soften my heart? The Bible gives us several uh, moments uh, that, that, that are given to us. Uh, I'll give you, there's 10 of them, resurrection moments that, that happened throughout Scripture. The first one is when Elijah raised the young boy. Uh, you'll see that in 1 Kings chapter 17, 17 through 24. Uh, uh, Elijah raises a young boy to life. He lays on him, breathes on him, and all of a sudden life comes into this young man, this dead body. And then Elijah, of course we know Elisha, who followed Elijah and, and picked up that mantle, uh, Elisha also raised a young boy and in a, in a similar way prayed for him and he was risen from the dead. We also know there was a man who was dead and they were taken and they threw, they were thrown bodies into the grave and he was happened to be thrown into the grave of Elisha. And when his body hit the bones that were left in the remains of Elisha, 
He sprung to life. Come on, that would be an incredible moment. Whoa! Wow! What an incredible story. Jesus raised the widow's grown son. Jesus had a moment where he called the widow's son. He was a grown man, grown son, called him to life. We know that Jesus also raised Jairus' daughter. When, when the Jairus was there, word came to him, and he said, you, you got to understand, he, your, your daughter's already dead. Don't bother the master any longer. And Jesus said, no, 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 don't worry. She's just sleeping. And they laughed at him. He went with Jairus, went to the house. He, they, they laughed at him. He only took in Peter, James, and John, the mom and dad, took them into the room. They prayed, and he said, and she woke up, and he said, give her something to eat. And everyone was in awe of that moment. Jesus, we know, raised Lazarus from the dead. Come, come on, Lazarus, come forth. Come on out of that grave. And as he called Lazarus, his friend, out to new life. We know that God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was, was, was uh, crucified, put in a tomb, and Jesus uh, was resurrected by the power of God in his life. We know that Peter raised Dorcas. Dorcas was a, a teacher, a worker, a solid person within their church in the movement. And they came, uh, he walked up, and, and, and Dorcas had had been already washed and cleaned and cleansed and everyone was grieving and mourning and 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 as Peter walked in they brought the garments and said look she made all of these things she gave us she did all of these things he cleared the room prayed for her and life filled her body Paul who had been stoned and cast out of the city, dragged out dead. All of a sudden, the believers gathered around him and prayed, and Paul himself was raised for the dead. And then we come to this story. Now, those two stories we've already touched on because those were in Acts, but now we come to, to here to, to Eutychus, and, and Eutychus is this poor young man. I love that nobody, nobody, nobody kind of looked at him and said, what's your problem? What's wrong with you? I mean, this this poor guy had everything working against him. Paul was long-winded. They ate food. How many of you know it's over right there? Done. Cash it in. They, so he's got a full belly. Paul is going on and he's talking. And, and this poor young man falls out of the window and passes away. I love that nobody, in the word, nobody reprimanded him or, or said what, you know, they, they, they gathered, they prayed, and they celebrated this incredible miracle moment. I want you and I to understand today that as we go through life, we can become kind of like Eutychus. Think about it. We, we, we walk in our journey with Christ. We do the things we know we're supposed to do. We live for him. We experience him. Then all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever been there. I pray you haven't, but maybe you have. I know I've had those moments where my walk and my relationship with Jesus just became routine, ritual. 
something we go through. We know the right things to do, the right place to go, to be in church, to go, you know, do all the things that we do and, and, and to read the word and to pray. And, and all of a sudden it becomes a ritual and, and our walk and our relationship with Jesus becomes a daily checkbox that we just kind of, kind of, well, I did that today. I did that today. I did that today. And, and all of a sudden it becomes a routine and, and, and all of a sudden our, our lives are moving and going. I want you to know something that Eutychus in this moment, he's in a window and it's going on. He falls asleep. And, and maybe you and I need to really guard our hearts and our lives to in this moment that we are living and existing in the world today, that we, the church, we, God's people, we, the followers of him would not fall asleep, but we would be awake alive. And Lord, if we've fallen out of the window and help, I can't give, get up. Hopefully you got a little life alert. Boop, boop, call help. I've fallen. Come on, how many remember the commercials? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Jesus, take the wheel. If you've fallen asleep, I pray that today God would reawaken your soul and your heart and your spirit to be alive in who he is and the plans that he has for you. They are good. I want you to know your best days are not behind you. They are ahead of you. The 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 life that he gave at Calvary is so that you would experience his life afresh and anew every single day. I pray that today is a resurrection moment for our walk and our relationship with Jesus. May we be alive in him. They prayed for for this young man, and then they ate some more, they preached some more, and they kept going. I, I say, God, help us, Lord, to be so hungry for you. Help us to be so thirsty for more of who he is and everything that he has for us. There is nothing good except in the Lord. He is good. He is good. He brings life and good, all the good that we have. And I don't have time to, to really dive into to all the things we know that he breathes life and he is all things. He is hope. He brings it afresh and anew. But for you and I to be awakened in our hearts, I think we need to make some commitments today. Maybe we could write these down if you're taking notes. You can go to the church app and you can see these there. You can write in there, maybe even some personal notes. But I think if you and I want to have a resurrection moment, this God can do anything. First, it's got to start with our own hearts and our own lives. I pray that today you're not looking around the room going, boy, I sure hope they heard that. (laughs) Come on, how many of you have ever done that? You gave your husband a big, uh, you gave your wife a little nudge. You know, you know what's going on in their life. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad they made it to church today because they need to hear this. How about we do this, Lord? Here I am. Here I am. Breathe resurrection life into my heart, into my soul today. May I have a fresh awakening of your spirit. God brings dead things back to life again. So the first thing we need to commit to, if we can go to that, we, he wanted, we want him to, we want to understand, we want to commit 
This is what the, some of the commitments we need to make. We need to commit that we are going to be in gathering with others. I believe the Bible, when it says iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. How many of you know that's true? We need each other. We cannot make it on our own. Oh, we can try and, and we can do those things and we can be a, a silo unto ourselves and just say, you know, I can serve Jesus without the gathering together. I want you to know the Bible is very clear. He says, in the last days, many will not want to gather. But in the last days, the one thing that we need is to make sure that we gather together. Gather together. Have a, have a group of people over to your home. Gather together. Have a Bible study. Pray for one another. Gather in the house of the Lord, whether it's at church or in a small group. Find a place to be with other people who grab a hold of the things that you're striving for. People who are going the same avenue, the same vein, the same path that you are going. I want to be around people who take me further and inspire me to be better. I don't want to be around people that I'm constantly having. Come on. Right? Come on. None of us want to hang out with the joy suckers of life. They suck the joy right out of every moment, every situation. Every time you see them, they've got another problem. You say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe, but I've given you all the advice I can give. You're not doing it, and you're in the same situation over and over again. I want to be around people who inspire me to go further and deeper and surround myself with God's people who are hungry for him. Now, in order to find those people... <laughs> you have to be one of those people. So don't go pointing fingers around the room right now. You go, oh, Lord, help me to be someone who inspires others. Help me to be someone who speaks life and health and hope into the people around me. Lord, help me not be a joy. Yep, you said it. <laughs> Second thing we have to do, commit. That you will spend time every single day reading and studying God's word. It seems so simple. You've heard it all of your life. You have to understand there is nothing more life-giving than spending time reading God's word for our lives. We have to commit to spending that time daily reading and studying the word and not in a, a task list. It is a desire. I want to spend time with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be in your presence. Lord, help me to experience that. Now listen, life is crazy. You can experience his presence in the car on the way to work. You can experience his presence on the way home from work saying, Lord, everything that I just had to put up with at work, help me not to carry it through the front door when I get home. Can I get an amen? Let me just leave all that behind, and God, I pray that you will help me, sanctify me, give me all the things that I need to breathe life into my home and my family today. But it starts, it starts by us being connected in the Word of God. 
We want to see an awakening in our hearts. We want to see an awakening in our city. We want to see an awakening in our state and the world. It starts with the people of God not pointing fingers at what's wrong with the world. It takes the people of God to say, Lord, here I am. Purify me. Touch my heart. Make me new. Third thing that we have to do if we're going to make a commitment to seeing these things happen, resurrection power in our life, we need to be passionate about hearing God's voice. I want you to know he is speaking and he will speak to you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will share things with you. He will speak life to your situation. He will speak hope to you. The question is, are you listening? Come on, how many remember that funny uh, video, uh, uh, TV commercial, Aflac. <laughs> right? It's like, oh no, we have a problem. Aflac, Aflac. Oh no, what are we going to do? Af-. It's like, the, he's always giving them the answer, but they're not listening. Come on, how many of you know Jesus is always speaking? He speaks to us in his word. He speaks to us when we surround ourselves and gather with people who are going somewhere and living and striving to be like him. So we get around those people. We open the word and we become passionate to hear God's voice. He'll speak to you. He'll speak. God is speaking today. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to your life. He'll speak to your situation. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way to turn. If you turn to him, I want you to know resurrection, awesome power will fill your heart and your life. It will fill your family. It will fill you with everything that you need. Be passionate. Strive. Listen. Now, in order to do that, we have to quiet the the things in our lives. Come on, I don't know about you. I, I had a few things going on in my life. We have, we have kids. We have things. We have yard work to do. Boo. We got all the things that we have to do, the real life stuff. We have to quiet the noise on purpose and say, God, here I am. Speak to me. Here I am, God, I want to hear your voice. When's the last time you felt or heard the Lord nudge you or inspire you or give you a word for someone and say, God, speak to me? We need to be passionate to hear God's voice. Let me tell you something else I think that we need to commit to. We need to commit to be passionate worshipers of Jesus Christ. This does not mean that you have to have the best voice. Being a worshiper, you say, well, I can't worship because I can't sing. Good, don't sing. Help the rest of us. (laughs) That got someone over there. You, you understand something. Worship is a heart and an attitude, not the voice that we sing. We sing because we're happy. We sing in joy and we worship the Lord. But worship isn't just a song. Worship is a heart. The problem is, is too many people have it all mixed up and they seem to think that somehow worship is what we do only on Sunday morning for about 20 to 25 minutes. Jesus, you, Jesus created us. God created us. He sent his son to this earth 
so that you and I would know him because our lives are meant to worship him. We worship him with our life, with our lifestyle, with our, our words, everything about us. We worship him. The beauty of a Sunday is that's when we all get together together in what's called corporate worship. That's where, it, I don't know about you, I love corporate worship. I love being in the presence of the Lord. And the last few Sundays, God has shown up. He has been here. He has met with us. I want more of that. Can I get a witness today? People at the altars, people uh, being healed. I, I want to read to you. We got a, a, a testimony in this week. Listen to this. I went to the altar for a touch from the Lord, feeling mentally sluggish. I saw a lady who was having pain and some difficulty standing, even standing at the altar. She was leaning on a pew. I felt like I needed to pray for her. After I prayed and stepped away, I noticed that I received my miracle. Come on, that's awesome. I came for a miracle. I saw someone else in need. I prayed for them. As I walked away, I realized, oh my goodness, I received my miracle. I believe that our God is a miracle-working God. And he is doing great and incredible things in and among us, in his people. And so what we're going to commit to is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Whatever his plan, whatever his, 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 out, whatever those things are, we're going to keep our eyes fixed on him. And we are going to be passionate about worshiping the king. We're going to be passionate worshipers. Do we have any passionate worshipers here today? Come on, we got to be in his presence. Do you realize how good it is to be in his presence? The next and last thing that we need to be committed to is we need to be passionate for serving. Oh, yeah, I thought that would be quiet right there. <laughs> Worship, yes, serving. Say what? I mean, I got to do something for somebody? In order to be committed and experience God's life working flow in our lives, Yes, you need to be serving someone, somewhere, somehow. What, is, what are you making time for to allow God to work through you and in you so that you can bless and be a blessing to someone else? I believe that in these last days, the church and the people of God will be marked because they are passionate about the word. They can't wait to get into the presence of God with other people and to join together with them. They will be passionate about hearing his voice. They will be passionate about their worship, and they will guard their worship, and they will guard their 
eyes and their minds and their ears. They will guard those things because these are vessels of worship to the King. And Lord, may everything that we do with these hands bring glory and honor to you. What are we doing with the time that we have, that we have to give? How are we spending it? What are we doing? How are we doing it? God, here I am. Use me. Whatever it is, however it is, God, I want to be used by you. Be passionate for serving. I want to read the last two verses of this passage. Verse 11 of Acts chapter 20 says, And when Paul had gone up and broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak. Wow, now we see how long of a winded prayer. Aren't you glad that I'm not like that? Hey, let's just go ahead and keep church going until Memorial Day starts at around midnight tonight. And so departed, and they took the youth away alive, and were, I love how this says this, and were not a little comforted, which means they were a lot comforted. They were comforted. They had an incredible night. They saw God's miracle working power, his resurrection power. I want you to know that that resurrection power that I listed in the Bible, the word tells us, he says, in those days, greater things than these shall you accomplish. Matthew 10.8 gives us a directive, church. Matthew 10.8 says this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Come on, these things should not catch us unaware. These things are not something that we don't understand or know. The Bible says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. I am so glad that whatever disease you may have, whatever sickness you have, I want you to know our God is greater. He is bigger. He is stronger. And he breathes resurrection life into us again today. He cares about you. If you walked in here and you said, God doesn't even know my name, I want you to know something. Matthew 10, 30 and 31 says this, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered and don't be afraid. You are worth more than the sparrows. God cares about you. He knows you. He knows you so intimately and intricately that he knows the number of hairs on your head. I heard someone say, he must be really good at subtraction then. <laughs> Don't be afraid. You are worth more than the sparrows. And I clothe them. I feed them. He takes care of them. He will take care of you. Know this, God brings dead things back to life again. God brings dead things back to life again.
Listen to this verse, you'll see it. Ezekiel 26, uh, 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I want you to know that God brings dead things back to life again. God will take the deepest recesses, hardened, hurt, pain, the tragedy that struck, those things that maybe you've even buried year after year, I want you to know that he says in this moment, if you call out to him, he will give you a new heart. He'll replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. He'll replace the hurt and the pain with joy that comes only through him. Every single morning, his mercies are brand new for you and I today. And I don't know about you, maybe you walked in here today and there's some areas in your heart, deep down, you say, God, I pray that you would resurrect these again. I pray you would resurrect these dreams. I pray that you would resurrect my hope, my joy, my family. God, I pray that you would restore these things that I thought were gone or dead. I want you to know he's here today to speak and breathe life into those things. But there's something that we have to do. And I I close with this. Matthew 18, 3 and 4 says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I was here early this morning and Pastor Emily was here and we were in the office and I was making some coffee, getting ready for the day. And as we departed, I said, have a great day with all the kiddos this morning. And she quickly looked at me and said, you too. (laughs) And then she went, oh, wait, you're going to be with adults. And I said, no, that's perfect. Because we're all just big kids when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. Come on. We're all just big kids. Let's have a child-like faith. Sometimes our uh, adultness gets in the way. Let's not let our adultness get in the way. And let us not ever make this mistake that John MacArthur tells us so clearly. You can't confuse child-like faith with child-like thinking. You can't confuse childlike faith with childlike thinking. That's not what he's talking about. We leave childish things in the past. We leave those behind us and we walk and we follow him. Come on, how many of you know someone who has a little bit of childlike thinking going on? Don't point fingers. If you do, Say, God, help me with my thinking. May my heart and my life, may the things that I strive after, striving after a childlike faith is not license for childlike acting or childlike thinking. God, we want to be more like you, but help us to have faith like a child. May we be adult 
big kids today. Come on. Do we have any adult big kids in the room? Anyone with a childlike heart and a childlike faith that says, God, make me like a child again to have faith in you. I'm going to invite you all across this room to stand to your feet. Worship team, would you come? We're going to sing this incredible song to bring hope and life to our moment of resurrection here today. I pray, oh God, in this moment that we would experience his life, his breath, his newness in our hearts and in our lives today. Right now, before we sing this, all across this room, if, you, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Kurt, as we sing this song, I'm asking God to take some areas that I have in my heart to soften them. I need his resurrection power to resurrect some things in my life. I don't know what those are. Nobody else needs to. It doesn't even matter. It's between you and the Lord. If you're here today and you say, I need the resurrection power to help me overcome, maybe even to help you forgive, maybe you're holding on to some unforgiveness in your life and it has been weighing on you and tearing you apart in this moment you say God here I am resurrect God here I am breathe new life God may my heart of stone be turned to a heart of flesh if you desire for a heart in any area to be turned to a heart of flesh would you just lift your hands all across this room if that is your prayer and you say God here I am God here's my heart here's my life I put myself in a position to worship you to exalt you, to see your hand move. God, I pray that your resurrection power would fill our hearts and lives today. God, I pray for healing. God, I pray for resurrection. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for joy to replace hurt and bitterness and anger. May the hard places of our heart be stirred to new life today. God, we pray it and we ask it and we declare it in Jesus' Jesus, awesome name. Come on, and everybody said, come on, and everybody said, let's give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's sing this song and let's worship Him. I'll be back to close in just a moment. Do you see what I see? Come on, let's praise Him. Do you see what I see? Bye. 
Hallelujah. Wake up, sleeper. How appropriate is that this morning? I want to say this. May every area of our hearts and our lives that are asleep be awakened to what God is doing in and among his people. May our eyes be wide open to experience and see all that he has. Do you see what I see? I see God is moving in power. Go in the power and the presence of the Lord. I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend with family or friends. Enjoy the goodness of God in your life. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. If you have time before you go, connect with one another. Greet one another. Uh, If you're new, we'd love to connect with you in the cafe. Be blessed today. And may our hearts continue to rejoice in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, let's give him praise one more time. Be blessed. Have an awesome week in the name of the Lord.